What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We are not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today we're talking, to, we're talking about things that are hard to swallow, but are really needful. Fisherman's friend, and I'm going to hold this up to the camera to show I'm not, I mean, I'm serious. This is, this is not just a gimmick. I, I love these cough drops and I hate these cough drops. These cough drops are absolutely terrible, but they work. It reminds me, uh, you know what? There is, I'm going to Google it right now. It just it just dawned on me. There's a cough syrup, C R E O M U L S I O N. Yeah, Cremo Motion cough syrup near me. Oh man, I don't even know if you can get this stuff in Canada. Um, Creo Motion, uh, you can purchase it from Amazon.com, and this is Amazon.com in the United States. If I can open this up. I want to I want to see the bottle right there. All right. Active ingredients. Well, the inactive ingredients, the stuff that gives it its distinctive flavor and smell is beechwood creosote. <laughs> beechwood creosote. So, you have these these logs, this the, these trees, they cut them down, make laws logs and they set them on fire they smoke them and it produces uh kind of like what we would refer to as pine tar if in other words pine tar is pine creosote and beechwood uh is is a, a tree sap made for it's creosote made from a tree sap it is like it it tastes like mixing a paste with some campfire ashes and putting it in your mouth. But I will tell you this Creole motion adult cough medicine is the absolute best cough syrup that I've ever had in my life. And when I was introduced to it, it was the first time I ever came to Canada. Uh, LaBeth and I, uh, we were, we were leaving, uh, Cabot, Arkansas. And we were going to have to drive West and then North. We were going to pick up, uh, Josh Cantrell and Brock Kendall along the way. And uh, so in, in our in our 2010 Chevrolet Traverse, it was me, LaBeth, Anthony, Abigail, Brock, and Josh, six people in a seven-passenger vehicle. And I was deathly sick. I could barely talk, and it was rough, and I was coughing every other breath. And I went to a mom-and-pop pharmacist, and the pharmacy said, look, the pharmacist said, look, I, I get some stuff in and I have a very dedicated but small following of people who purchase this cough medicine. Would you like to try it? I said, yes, I would. And he sold me two bottles of Creole Motion. It's the best cough medicine I've ever had. It knocked that cough out like nobody's business if you were man enough to take it. And that's kind of the way Fisherman's Friend is. Um if you're man enough to take it, if you're tough enough to take it, it will work. Folks, the truth is that way. 
And we've got an article today that I wrote for Christianity Now called Valuing Truth Over Comfort in Christianity. And we're going to also look at some uh, notes that I have about some times where uh, telling the truth might be difficult, but there's about five different things that I see here that uh, different situations in life where if you don't tell the truth and you're not real with somebody risking offending them and risking uh, running them off, then you're no friend and you're no, you're no loving Christian. Uh, good to see everybody. Uh, Robert Lady, good to see you. Um, Ibram Charles, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for the God blessing. Um, hold on just a second. Let me get to where I can actually, there, there's some stuff in my way. Uh, Sheila Cole, Connie Barden, good to see you. Uh, yes, I am feeling better. Uh, I'm assuming this is Robert Leedy, by the way. Uh, Facebook user. Good morning, Tony. Are you feeling better? Hello to everyone watching. I absolutely am feeling better. You know what? I wish it would put the, the caption back up when I hid the, the deal. Um, hit the comment. So everybody, we're on X, also known as Twitter, uh, Christianity Now, and you can follow us on uh, on X at Christianity Now at first, uh-oh, come on, Tony, get with the program. Look here, I've got to edit this. It's First Chronicles. First Chronicles 12.32, that's the verse about the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know how Israel ought to go. All right. Anyway, back to the chat. Um, yes, I am feeling much, much better. And I think that Facebook user's Robert Lady, because uh, he says, I need to get me some of that. Keep me in your prayers. I have a cough, headache, sore throat, fever, and bite. Brother, you've got the flu. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Don't come to me or Christianity Now or any fat, bald-headed dude on the internet for your medical advice. But I feel pretty confident to say if you've got those system symptoms and they persisted, you've got the flu. You need to go get you some antibiotics. Um, but remember, talk to your doctor. Do not listen to me, except for the part where I said you need to listen to your doctor. But Tony don't give out medical advice. Tony also don't give out electrical advice. In other words, if you come to me and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm rewiring my bedroom. Can you help me out? I'll be like, no. Because uh, that stuff's dangerous. It'd burn your house down. We don't do that. All right. Scott Beck says, glad you're on the men, brother. Well, thank you very much. And Melissa Price says, uh, listening and cleaning. That's awesome. Glad to be a part of your day there. So remember, uh, we, we just started the Twitter last night. I put out a few posts. If you could go follow us on Twitter, or X, I should say, uh, Christianity Now, at 1 Chronicles 1232. That's the verse about the sons of Issachar then that would be amazing, and we would really appreciate you. And I, we're just, again, it's it's kind of, we can't focus a whole lot of, of attention and our energy on Twitter, but it's a, it's a platform that's there. I feel like it's gotten better since Elon Musk took over, and I want to see what we're doing. And there is, I, I don't understand, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, I, I told it we were going to stream to Twitter, but evidently, no, it says we're streaming on Twitter. So maybe some of y'all can go see if we're streaming on Twitter. 
That would be awesome. Good grief. Yeah, it's taken me nine weeks to get over. Please go to a, go to your doctor. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. For and, and and of course we've got I think more than one Facebook user. But to whomever has the body aches, the headache, the cough, the sore throat, and the fever, yeah, please go to your doctor. All right, let's get into this podcast. But you know what's coming before we get into our podcast. We want to hear a word from our sponsor. Let me get in here, right there. Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Are you a part of a church organization or congregation or any organization seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. And she specializes in designing modern advertisements for not just churches, but for any organization she sees fit. And she has the right to refuse service to anybody, by the way. Anyway, reach out through a private message or on Facebook or, and this is the preferred method, send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson today. All right. Let's talk about this idea of truth. Man, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to read the first paragraph, the introductory paragraph to the article on Substack. In the Christian faith, truth is an essential pillar. And scripture repeatedly emphasizes its importance, sometimes at the cost of comfort, popularity, or unity in the temporal sense. The teachings of the Bible guide believers to prioritize truth even when it leads to division, discomfort, or persecution. And I will tell you this, there have been times where churches uh, from the outside looking in focus, they will look there, that church is split. No, no, the church didn't split. Now, the church was a 100-member congregation, and now it's only a 30-member congregation. That's because 70 people was needing to repent, and they wouldn't do it. And so there was a huge coup. And the people that wouldn't repent all left. If the leadership stood strong, the people that needed to repent all left. And the people that were true to God's word stayed. It is so very tempting, my brethren, to sit on the sideline and Monday morning quarterback, armchair quarterback, a situation from afar that you have no clue what happened. And the problem is, whenever you go asking around and poking around, you're not going to get the truth. You just have to be able to say, look, these congregations are autonomous. These things were handled. And I'm going to go to the congregation that's there. And I'm going to ask them what happened. And they're going to tell me. And we're going to follow what the Bible says. And so even if it looks like the main majority, and I'm, I'm, I've seen this happen in Arkansas. I've seen it happen in Tennessee. Folks, just because something looks bad on the outside don't mean it's really bad. And my suggestion is let those people deal with that. Because quite frankly, if you live in another state or another city or another town, 
I hate to say it, but it's really none of your business. Unless it happens in your backyard and it affects you. Practically, what can you do? Nothing. That's the issue. Anyway, but that's the point I wanted to make about truth. It looks, it, it, it looks terrible sometimes when the truth is followed. When you speak the truth, the world is going to hate you. The world is going to level all kinds of accusations against you. The world is going to say, well, if you speak the truth on this, you're going to be standing alone. No, I won't be standing alone. God will be on my side if I, if I, if I speak the truth. Anyway. Uh, good to see you, uh, Jason Goldtrap. I hope you're doing well with your Uber driving. Hope you hope you make more money increases. All right. So we need to be divided by truth, not united in sin. The Apostle Paul in his epistle to the Ephesians admonishes believers to have no part in the fruitless works of darkness, but rather we are to expose them, Ephesians 5.11. This directive calls for a separation from practices and ideologies that are contrary to the teachings of Christ. Folks, if you've got a a group of people and you've got a subset of that group that is interested or not interested in following the, the truth and that other subset is and that group splits along that line, then that's a good thing. You cannot sacrifice the truth for the sake of unity. I will boil this down to a microcosm. And I'm again, this old Tony, he's, he's, he's talking about himself. I'm going to talk about me because I've experienced this and I know I can't make me so mad. I'll never talk to me again. My biological father He died the Sunday before the Monday I started seventh grade. Now, I was a Christian. I was baptized into Christ, but I didn't get to see my daddy very much. And my daddy was not a Christian. I made a conscious decision not to talk to my daddy about the Bible because I knew that it would put a strain on the limited amount of time we had together. So I prioritized union over unity. And I made an ill-informed, poor decision not to talk to him about Jesus, not to talk to him about the gospel. And his life was tragically cut short. And I've had to live with that as a child who had obeyed the gospel all the way into my adulthood And if you're wondering why I'm so bold, and if you're wondering why I will say anything as long as it's the truth, I don't care who it makes mad. I don't care who it runs off. I love the truth more than I love you because I did not love the truth more than I loved my daddy. And I compromised the truth in order to achieve union with my daddy through a father and son bond but I didn't love him enough to tell him what he needed to hear. And he may not have, I mean, chances are, and you know this, the chances are he would have spurned it. He wouldn't have taken that from me, but I'd have a clear conscience. 
So I'm grieving over the loss of my daddy and I'm grieving over the loss of my daddy in eternity. On top of that, I've got a guilty conscience. So I'd rather not have the guilty conscience. Anyway, that's about all I can say about that. I, I was a child, also a child in Christ. Yes, but if I knew either, either I was a either I was old enough to be accountable to the law and obey the gospel, and therefore the Great Commission applied to me, or I was not old enough to be accountable to the law and obey the gospel. So you can't have it both ways. That's why I think sometimes we baptize people too young. Um, I'm not saying I was baptized too young. I'm saying I knew exactly what I was getting into, and I knew exactly what I was risking not sharing the gospel with my daddy and not bringing that up with my daddy. And I, I was I was cognizant of that. So there's no excuses. But, yeah, that was, I mean, I, I, I didn't do any worse than a lot of adults do. I'll, I'll put it to you like that. But my my being a child is no excuse, and it doesn't mitigate anything. Now, the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me of that sin, but it's, it's still a thorn in the flesh I have to deal with. However, Jesus has said that his grace is sufficient for me. So I, I have logically, I get that. All right, but thank you for that sentiment. I appreciate the encouragement, but yeah, there's no excuses. All right. So we got to have courage to speak the truth. Speaking the truth in love is a balance that Christians are instructed to find. Ephesians 4.12. Now, um, here's the deal. This is just a little old blog article, about 500 words. I, don't, I didn't have enough room to expand. Ephesians 4.15, there's a built-in ellipsis. You speak the truth in love. Well, in love of what? There has to be an object of that love. Are we speaking the truth in love of a soul or in love of the truth? In the context of Ephesians 4, we're, we're speaking the truth in love of the truth. And the purpose is we love the truth so much that we are going to obey the truth even to the hurt of everything and everyone around us if it comes to that. But we love the truth and we know what the truth is. So therefore, when we speak the truth in love, it's not merely speaking truth but doing so with the intention of building up and promoting growth in others because we know what the truth is capable of doing. And I didn't have enough room to articulate all of that. So the Galatians were reminded by Paul that the messenger of truth, folks, is not always welcomed. Galatians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul asked rhetorically, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, the answer was really no, but in practice, yes, because there's some of that, those things that he taught that they didn't like. The sword and pearl, hello, hello, Diana Harden, you're a good man, Tony. I appreciate your willingness to all, oops, hold on, it jumped, to always tell the truth above all. Thank you very much. And Ben Grady says, who is the father of lies and ruler of the world? We should uphold the truth in the church and even otherwise. I don't see God wanting to wanting us to follow lies of the evil one. The truth in all context is good and from God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you well know, Ben and, and everybody listening, 
It is so much more comfortable to be delusional. In fact, that was one of the uh, plot devices in The Matrix. You had one of the guys that had been freed from The Matrix that went back to The Matrix and said, hey, I want you to put me back in and erase my memory because ignorance is bliss. I don't want to be freed and have to live a purposeful life that is difficult, although purposeful. I would rather be a slave and live in delusion. Not everyone loves the truth to stand firmly for it. It is sometimes very hard to do so. Even in the church, there are cowards, and I may be one of them. I'm pretty, I'm cowardly sometimes. Yeah. I, I have to be careful. Like people, people listen to me and they think how that, that Tony's very, very hard and austere and unbending and like, y'all don't know the internal struggle that I have. I argue with God all the time. I absolutely, I absolutely try to get around this whole idea of, of Christians. And, okay. If you don't obey the gospel, if you're not part of the church that Jesus built, you're not going to go to heaven. And if you're part of a church and that church is not following the scriptures, then you're not in a place where Jesus is going to take you to heaven when he returns. And I have people who love me way more than I deserve and people whom I love, probably not near as much as they deserve, that are not in the church that Jesus built. They're not going to go to heaven, folks. That burns me up inside. I'm not angry with God. I'm just angry at the situation. But it is very difficult for me. If I ever apostatize, it's going to be on that point. It's going to be on open fellowship. Because it's hard for me to wrap my mind that around the idea that the, that the judge of all the earth who's going to do right is going to allow that old woman that I met in Aubrey, Arkansas, who didn't do anything all day at the age of 90, but sat in her easy chair by the light of the window with a mic with a microphone. Good grief. Uh, what is this? A magnifying glass. And she read the Bible. And she was upstanding and moral and devout and well-respected, the matriarch of her family. She loved God and Jesus she was just wrong. She had never obeyed the gospel the way the gospel is supposed to be obeyed. And I'm like, but how, how can she go to hell? Well, then I look at the lesson from Cornelius, who was a devout man, to the point where the angel of the Lord said, your prayers have gone up as a memorial before God. But he still needed Jesus. So, yeah, I, I, I have an inner turmoil. And and that's why I'm so staunchly uh, preaching the truth, and I speak the truth, because if I ever stop, I think it's a it's, I think it's a long downhill fall. Oh, good good comment. Let me get here, Shim. Let me get these comments. I understand what I was doing getting baptized, but I'm upset that I was not taught after that the things I needed to learn from God's word. Now I don't feel comfortable in my skin. There's a lot of people like that, Wayne. 
the main thing is just just make up for that lost time and start to and start to um well make up for that lost time and uh start to learn which i'm sure you have when bringing truth to christians that are in error it's often seen as hatred and even an evil act no matter how much love you might bring with it that is true that is true most want to be comfortable. They don't want to think about, they don't want to have to change or think, unlearn, and, and relearn. They don't want to have their peace shaken. If you know the truth or acknowledge something to be wrong and stay silent about it, it's a problem. So many just don't acknowledge as to avoid that reality. Absolutely. And in fact, that's a good, my, my, Little New Testaments over here. I'll use this one. Uh, the book of Romans, the very last verse, man, it, it scares me to death. This is one of the scariest verses in the Bible. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And, and of course, you know in the context, that was a laundry list of sins. In fact, in the context, these people were committing the oldest sins in the newest ways. They were thinking up new ways to commit old sins. Well, you might think, all right, so all of these things, like for instance, the transgender, like castrating 12-year-old boys, that's evil, period. Now, you might not put your stamp of approval on that. In other words, you might not share content. You might not try to convince a 12-year-old boy to be castrated. So you don't take pleasure in that as in actively, but the pleasure you take in that might be just keeping your mouth shut whenever you should speak out against it. That scares me to death. That's why I'm so vocal about the truth is because it's a lot easier to keep our mouth shut. Just put your head down, keep your mouth shut. During the Black Lives Matter riots and stuff like that, I put out some content and some of my contemporaries was like, how can you put that out? People are going to call you a racist. My response was, I don't care. I'm not a racist for one, but for two, where's the lie? If it's the truth, I can say it. And then a lot of people rode in on their high horse and were saying like, well, look, you know, the things that you're saying are true. I understand but because you're white, you don't need to say them. And I'm like, and, and I'm the racist? Truth. Truth, truth, truth. All right. Um, many times, this is from Sheila Cole. Many times I've spoken the truth in love, uh, the love for Christ and the love for their soul. Sadly, not wanting to change. It's not received in love, but rage on their part to suggest they could be in error i've lost several longtime friends but i know i did what was right listen jesus is sheila co um and i'm saying listen not like you listen sheila but like lean in lean in and listen everybody jesus christ was the perfect he was the superlative he wasn't the perfect as in first corinthians 13 but i'm just saying Everything Jesus did was the absolute best that it could be. He was the best teacher. He was the best Bible scholar. 
He was the most compassionate, the most caring, the most empathetic. He said the perfectly right thing at the perfectly right time in the perfectly right way. And what happened? They still killed him. More than once, they took up stones to try to kill him. On at least one occasion, maybe two, I may be getting two different accounts mixed up. He, he, used, he used a miracle to pass through their midst because they were going to take him and throw him off a ledge. So, Sheila, I, I, I hate that you're experiencing that. I've experienced that. Just, just keep doing what you're doing because it doesn't matter how you... Pre- now, I'm not saying take that as an excuse to be offensive, but speak the truth and, and, and don't worry about the backlash. I've learned that Tony is not as a, as hard a man as we may think. He's just full of evangelism and wants all of us to go to heaven. If hardness is the answer, then so be it. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, I'm about to publish a book that offers clarity concerning what the true doctrines are as we're taught by first century Christians. I appreciate that, Michael. I hope, uh, I hope, I hope the book is, is well done. Uh, Scott Beck, brother Tony. So the reference to Ephesians four, 14 through 16 to the whole body, that would be that the truth helps the body grow. Correct. Yes. Very. Okay. Ephesians four is a beauty. Y'all gonna have me nerding out over here. Ephesians four is look, Ephesians is my favorite book of the Bible. Now, listen, I know that I say that about a lot of different books of the Bible. And I do it kind of tongue-in-cheek. But Ephesians is really my favorite book of the Bible. Um, the, the book of the Bible that the book of the Bible that changed my life the most when I really understood it is the book of Romans. But the book of, of, of Ephesians is my favorite. Now the book that if I could wave a magic wand, and have every Christian on the face of the planet perfectly understand, and when I say perfectly, that's rather arrogant, like I perfectly understand it, but if I could wave a magic wand and have every person in the, in the world understand the message of this book, it would be the book of Colossians. So I think that the, the book that, that the entirety of Christ, Christendom needs to understand and assimilate is Colossians. My favorite book is Ephesians. The book that changed me individually the most is the book of Romans. All right. Now, Ephesians. Check this out. I'm going to start reading at the at the beginning of the chapter. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. But to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. I'm going to skip the parenthetical. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors who teach my beloved King James didn't do very well with the, with the, with the coordinating conjunctions, pastors and teachers. I think in this situation, it's better rendered pastors who teach. 
Why were why why did the Holy Spirit? Why did Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, set some of these offices up during the age of miracles? Because they're not set there in the first century. These offices are not directly. In other words, uh, 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 an elder, a pastor, is not directly called by the Holy Spirit. Um, in the first century, you had people. I believe. You had people, like for instance, Paul t- telling the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, take heed unto thyself and unto the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. Well, wait a second. Who made them overseers? The Holy Ghost. There was no Bible. So the Holy Spirit made these men overseers. Okay? I think the Holy Spirit, working at the behest of Jesus, set some in the church, these offices in the church, and filled them miraculously. And, of course, you had then apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors who teach for the purpose of perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. And this perfecting, this is uh, kata artizo. Artizo is the equipping, all right? Like equipping them for a task. Kata is to bring it down. So what the what the congregations needed in order to grow up into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ unto perfection, their teleos, was in heaven and it had to be brought down. But well, what is that? The revealed will of God. So before we had before the advent of the written word, Jesus commissioned the Holy Spirit to outfit certain men miraculously, and their purpose was to kata artizo, to bring down from heaven that which was needful for the saints to grow up into the fullness of the measure and stature of Jesus Christ. Now, check this out. And this was supposed to be done till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These miraculous endowments were needed until that which is perfect is come, until our holy canon is finished, until we have the completed scriptures. All right? For the purpose that we henceforth should be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Folks, In the first century, you had apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors that teach who were inspired of God, who who preached the word, who told the truth to the Christians, and they were equipped unto every good work because of that. And once that which is perfect is come, in other words, the completed canon of Scripture, Now, once that is here, the scripture is what equips the man of God and truly furnishes him unto all good works. 
The truth is involved. And we have to speak the truth because we love the truth. And we know that when we speak the truth, even if there's an immediate harm in the moment, in the long term, there's going to be growth. It's like going to the gym and, and, and lifting weights. Tomorrow, you're sore. But three or four days from now, your muscle is stronger because of it. We got a bunch of comments. All right. I think it's a big problem in many of the Lord's churches. We want to accept that there are really good people and denominations and they will go to heaven. I guarantee you, I really, really want to accept that. It's not true, but I want to accept it. Um, I'm with you, Tony. I struggle with all the precious souls and denominations that I know won't be in heaven. It's hard to understand. Eats at me daily. I have tried and tried to teach many the truth, but to no avail. Some have told me they don't want to be. They don't want me talking about religion to them anymore because I'm seen by them as in, as intolerant to their denomination and their interpretation of the Bible. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and all you got to do is just keep doing what you're doing. Um, now, the eternal book of truth, wisdom from the first Christians, December 21st. Uh, the sword and the pearl says, amen, brother. We aren't here to please people. Scott Cook says, the truth won't let you live the way you want. Therefore, people don't like the truth. That's it. If brethren only knew how much idolatry, evolution, materialism, wickedness, etc. is taking place in our society that isn't acknowledged by the church, we don't even want to discuss quote-unquote politics or anything that gets tossed under that label. Yes. Um, yep. Um, Yaki Baby. Well, you clearly haven't read Romans, clearly have you. Romans 11 is about what? Okay, so, um, yeah, I, I, Romans 11 is pretty simple. The Jews were cast off and the Gentiles were grafted in. Now, the Gentiles are told not to get too uppity because just like the Jews were cut off that olive tree and cast away and the Gentiles grafted in, if the Gentiles get too prideful or uppity, then they'll be cut off and somebody else grafted back in. Um, Israel is no longer God's chosen people. That has been fulfilled. All of the promises have been fulfilled. Israel is no longer God's chosen people. Christians are God's chosen people. All right. Kata in Hebrew means sin, literally. Well, I wasn't talking about the Hebrew language. I was talking about the Greek language. And the Greek language in kata, the Greek language, kata in a preposition, is means down. That's uh, And uh, let's go to Romans 11 and let's read it. Because this person is saying, no, that's wrong. All right. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not that the scripture saith of Elias, how that he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, 
Lord, they have killed thy prophet and digged down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer that God gave unto him? I have reserved myself 7,000 men who have not bowed knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, that this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is of no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for? But the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. You see that? Paul is saying the elect of Israel hath obtained. Now, who are the elect? That's the people that converted to Christianity out of Judaism. All right. According it is as written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense to them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see. Bow down their back alway. I say then, have they stumbled, that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation is come to the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. In other words, the Messiah was rejected by the Jews. So because of their fall, collectively, now, the, now salvation is being presented to the Gentiles to put the Jews to shame. But you still have this business of the elect. The elect were the people from Judaism before the destruction of Jerusalem that obeyed the gospel. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of, for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office, if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, which might save some of them. Do You see, Paul is telling the Gentiles, I'm, I'm speaking to you and I'm provoking the Israelites, because the Israelites needed saving. You get it? It's Christians that are God's chosen people. All men and nations will be Christians. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. You have the elect. Those are the, those are the Jews that obeyed the gospel before the destruction of Jerusalem. But the Jews as a nation, they needed saving. They needed to be now in the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. For I speak unto you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office, if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are of my flesh, which are my flesh, that I, and I might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being wild, here it is, some of the branches be broken off, and thou, the Gentiles, being wild. All right? And thou being a wild olive tree, 
were grafted in among them and with them partakest in the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root there, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then that the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So there were branches broken off in order that the Gentiles be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. So what Jewish branches were broken off? All of the ones that did not believe that Jesus was the son of God while he was on earth. All of the ones that didn't obey the gospel before the destruction of Jerusalem. Well, they were, they were broken off because of unbelief. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, so the natural branches were the Jews. He didn't spare them. Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. So in other words, don't, don't think of yourself too high and mighty, because just like he broke off the Jewish branches to graft you in, he'll break off the Gentile branches to graft something or somebody else in. Behold, therefore, so because of this, behold the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity. Well, who fell? The Jews. Towards thee, who is thee? The Gentiles, goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. I don't know. That seems real simple to me. The root is not the Jews. That's hyper stupid. The root is God. Huh. Now then, let me get let me get down here. The branch is one sect of Judaism, correct? Absolutely not. Who is a true Jew? There are no true Jews. Nobody can even know whether or not they're Jews today. All of the genealogies are gone. <laughs> no, I'm a Christian, but what he's saying is wrong. Come on. All right. Now then, we got that off. Um, folks, this is nuts. These people, I, I don't understand. The, the Bible is very easy to understand. And this person obviously has some kind of crazy agenda or something like that. Um, the, the, pro the land promise has been fulfilled. All of it. In fact, we can go to, uh, to Joshua. I can't remember, 20, 21? Yeah. Listen to this. I'm going to, we got 17 people in here. I'm going to ask you, based on what I'm about to read, how much land does God owe Israel? How much land does God owe Israel? How much of the good things that God promised 
to the forefathers of Israel does God have left to give them. And the Lord gave unto Israel. This is Joshua 21, starting in verse 43. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel all came to pass. So my simple question is, how much more is to come to pass? None. Zilch, Zippo. We got a we got a zero in the We got a oh, oh that's swell. The apostle Eshua, hillbilly with no teeth is anti-Semitic. Jesus was a Jew. How could they be cut off, hillbilly? Wow. Well, I, I, here you go. Here you go. One more time. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. That's Romans 11, verse 20. So this old hillbilly with no teeth, incidentally, that's a funny thing. You're, you're, you're telling me I'm a hillbilly and you're commenting on my appearance. Let me go find a verse here. Let me go find a verse. First Samuel 16. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance. See my countenance? Look not on his countenance, on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For a man look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You, you are judging me on my outward appearance. God judges me on my heart. And you ask a question. Right here. This is it. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness. Now, you've, you've made a comment alluding to the fact that I had no context. I just read the entirety of this chapter. Why well, did I say the entirety of the chapter? I read uh, enough of the chapter to get the context. You hate Jews, it's clear. What a fool. Jesus has banished you. Matthew say, he who has no transgression again. Oh, good grief. Okay. We're done with that dude. Now. Now then, we ain't got to mess with him. Um, those in Christ are the promised, have the promise now. Um, <laughs> Sword and Pearl says, I'll pray for your heart. Where there is no Jew nor Gentile. Yeah, my, yeah well, that, that's the thing. I wouldn't even go into another book. And I appreciate Galatians 3.29 there. But yeah, there is in Christ no Jew 
no Gentile, no bond, no free, no man, no woman. In other words, when it comes to being right with God, that's it. When you have no scriptural premise, use diversion assaults to argue by attacking you. Yeah, that's what that dude did. Listen, I could I could go to the dentist and I could get my my teeth fixed. And I'm I'm thinking about doing it, but I also think that I'm just going to leave it like it is because it's a really good litmus test of people that I want to associate with. For for years I had a denture and and I mean my my tooth got knocked out by the way in a traumatic event. But for years I had a denture and uh, I broke it like two years ago and I just hadn't had the money to get it replaced, but I've got the money now, I think. And I don't know. I just hadn't done it because, you know, get some Yahoo like that in the comment section. If he says something about snaggle tooth or no tooth or something like that, well, you know, you just don't take that fella seriously. That's uh that blows my mind. And, and the dude, Oh, uh, the, the chapter and verse in Joshua, Joshua 21, where'd it start? 43. Yeah. Joshua 21, 43 through 45. And, and look, you're somebody that's, that's pretty steeped in this idea that the Jews are still God's chosen people and Jesus is going to reign on the earth a thousand years and stuff like that, they're going to poke some holes in this, although the holes that they poke are not, to me, they have no valid argument. However, um, I mean, it's it, you can't deny that, in other words, if, if, if you say that the Jews are going to come back into the Holy Land, the so-called Holy Land, and that is going to be the center like they're going to the, the the law of Moses and the Aaronic priesthood is going to begin again there's just so much you have to do one you have to figure out how they're going to get there god doesn't owe them anything else so is it god going to be giving them that land i don't know it, it can't be uh then you got the idea of jesus is on the throne of david so there's certainly going to be no king you've got the dome of the rock setting on the temple mount. So you got to get rid of that. Like there's just all kinds of stuff that is problematic. Um, Jesus responded, it isn't right that I take food from children and throw to dogs uh, that he did. Um, hold on a second. All right. Um, yeah, Romans 11 defines who true Israel is, who Jesus came for. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to chew on that. Um, I don't like the idea of talking about true Jews because again, it it flies in the face of like there there is no true Jew. First off, a Jew well Abraham wasn't a Jew. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were not Jews. They were Hebrews. The children of Israel were not identified as Jews until the time of David, 
whenever David established the capital city of uh, Israel in Jerusalem, he took the city of Jebus. So, uh, I don't know. Um, Yeah, look, all of these names, Yehuda and Yahashua, look, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't understand what you're asking. Yahashua, so what do you mean? Are you talking about Jesus or are you talking about Joshua? Jesus and Joshua both were Jews. Yehuda, I mean, that's a Jewish name, so he was probably a Jew. Our live stream got hijacked just a little bit. Uh, we were talking about the truth. And again, that tells you just how people don't want to hear the truth. They, they want their own version of things. Um, Jesus is the real name for the tribe of Judah, correct? No. The tribe of Judah is the real name for the tribe of Judah. Why would you say Jesus is the real name for the tribe of Judah? I've 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 watched this stupid movement arise where oh we got to use the proper names. Jesus wasn't his name; it was Yeshua. No, his name is Jesus. It's a translation of his name. You're welcome, Connie Barden. Yeah, that 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 Joshua passage, man. It's a good to have in your back pocket. Yes, hey, hey, Alabama. Yeah, we we had we yeah we had some we had whoa everything's going to knock down the club. Yeah, we had a couple of troll. Well, we had a troll come in. Uh, well, two trolls actually. Uh, I I put one in timeout and I blocked the other. Called me a toothless hillbilly. Evidently, because I'm a toothless hillbilly, I I, I can't know anything about the Bible. Yeah, my, my 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 position though, Michael, is why? Why not just why not just read your Bible, your English Bible, and use the names in it? I mean, no, nobody here, nobody that I know of, speaks Hebrew. So just use use the word Jesus. Hey, hey, Alabama! If it was the guy from the other day, he was not using the same account. But it could have been. But I, he it didn't come across as the same guy. Like his insults, although elementary and and childish, they were different. They were different. Um, yeah, Michael says absolutely. Yeah, and and listen, I, I I knew a guy. He he really loved this. And and if you love it for just because you like to nerd out, God bless you. More power to you. Um, and this dude though. He got to the point where he had this air of superiority because he had a Bible with all of the names written in the original language. And I'm like, oh, that sounds elitist. That that sounds real close to the King James only people. Now, look, hand to God. My pet version is the King James version. If you use something different than the King James version, then I don't like your version as good as I like mine. That has nothing to do with what I think of you as a person. That doesn't 
mean that I think I'm a better scholar than you or that I'm smarter than you. It just means I like the King James Bible, okay? If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know I'm a big proponent of studying the Bible you have in your hand. The absolute best version of the Bible is the one that will make you study. And if that's not the King James for you, then it's not the King James. But the point that I'm making, I, I digress. Uh, the point that I'm making with that is is to... Uh, uh, with this guy that I knew that had this Bible with all the names that were written in the original language, he kind of made that a point of contention. Like I'm better than everybody else. And, and you plebes down here in the, in the pits, y'all are just like, no, that's not a good idea. I don't like that. Um, what is the remnant he was talking about pastor? I really appreciate the honorary, but if just, just call me Tony. Uh, well, of course, you wouldn't know to call me Tony. My name's not up there. Why is my name not up here? Huh. That's weird. Anyway, you can call me Tony. Uh, but let me get your question. Sorry. Where'd it go? Yeah. Is the remnant still here, or does there have to be a remnant for Jesus to come back? The, the remnant he was talking about, it's always the righteous remnant. In the context of the book of Romans... All right. In the context of specifically of Romans 11, it is my conviction, my studied conviction, that the righteous remnant are also synonymous with the elect, which were the, in fact, well, let's go to Joel chapter 2. Y'all, this live stream reminds me of the old days whenever we'd have a bunch of people come in and we could go for hours and hours. Uh, y'all remember where I put Joel? I promise I've read the Bible before. Right there. All right. See, if, if you're dealing with me in good faith, you'll chuckle at that. But if you're not dealing with me in good faith, you're going to make fun of the fat hillbilly with no teeth that can't find Joel in the Bible. <laughs> All right. Um, let's read this. Joel chapter two, starting in verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars and smoke, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be darkened and turned into I'm half quoting it, half reading it, and I'm messing both of them up. Hold on. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now, how are... How are we called? Well, I'm glad you asked. Second Timothy, second Th oof, Second Thessalonians chapter two. Let me go over there and get that. I don't want to just give a cursory nod to it. I want to actually read it. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Folks, we are called by the gospel. The, the Jews, during the time of the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, the remnant whom the Lord God shall call, and this, this gets the Bible monk's question, who is the remnant and are they here today? Well, they're not here today as in on the earth, but they are in the ethereal region. If you'll look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, Jesus' purpose was to reconcile all things in heaven and earth in one place in Christ. So you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If they died in faith, they are now in Christ. You have Moses dying in faith. He's in Christ. You have Luke chapter 1, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They walked blameless in all the commandments and statutes. There was nothing that they, 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 they died in faith there in Christ. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel spake. And then he quoted what we just read. And it shall come to pass on the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Peter said, this is that. And then all those that call on the name of the Lord, the righteous remnant will be saved. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, they, 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 didn't, they didn't know how to call on the name of the Lord. So Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and your children and unto, your, unto you and your children and to all those who are afar off as many as the Lord God shall call. The righteous remnant from the time of Pentecost to the destruction of Jerusalem, the righteous remnant out of, out of Judaism that would be saved would be the people who obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are in Christ in the ethereal region, but they are not on the earth today. So that answers your question. Um, I don't believe so, Michael. I, I don't have enough time to open that can of worms. I, I think that it, it is an interpretation of Acts 3.19 that will not damage the text beyond repair. But I, I don't think it's a verbatim correlation or repeating of Acts 2.38 and Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I think the, the context of Acts chapter 3, I believe, is Peter's sermon is saying, look, the destruction of Jerusalem is coming. The time of refreshing is at hand. You need to obey the gospel. In other words, you need to be a part of this righteous remnant. So anyway, but that's a matter of academic pursuit, and I'm not going to make a deal about it. Uh, that's Romans chapter three, Connie, the blood of Christ flowed back to those that are under the law and forward to us. Um, yeah, that's Romans three. What? I should know that off the top of my head. You figure if all I, all I am is a fat hillbilly with no teeth, I'd, I'd remember stuff like that. Hold on a second. Uh, I do this on my, I don't normally study out of this little New Testament. 
But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteous of God, which is by faith Jesus Christ, upon all of them that believe, for there is no difference for all of sin to come short of the glory of God, being justified by his grace through the redemption of Christ that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Romans 3.25 is what we want. Tim, Tony, Tony, I don't, why is it not showing my name? That That's, that's, I mean, I'm not offended that, I just don't understand why my name's not popping up there. Um, Hey, Michael, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm not taking it personally. I'm just, I'm being a little funny with it. Um, but yes, you can ask me a personal question about my beliefs and, um, Yes. Now, let me see. I'm going to back up. Some people like to debate and be sarcastic, ignorance and meanness. And that is an insult to the truth and hypocritical on the part of the debater. You got that right. The enemy hates channels like this. Keep preaching the truth. Well, thank you, sword and pearl. And right. Jesus is the name we use in English. Exactly. And incidentally, um, while Jesus was on earth, Ted Knight, my name doesn't pop up either. <laughs> um, yeah, Ted, I bought your book, by the way. Uh, I, I bought it for Kindle. Uh, my Journey with the Devil's Disease, Lessons I Learned Through My Lady's Struggle with Alzheimer's. Um, yeah, I've I've read the forward and through the first chapter. Anyway, um, but yeah, so... Uh, emotions do run high uh, sometimes when talking about uh, religion. Absolutely. Uh, it's a hard topic. I wonder if the name thing is raised because our names are kept. Ben, that's exactly. I, I th- Listen, like most, like most weird divisive things. This this whole deal about pronouncing the names in the original language comes from a good place, I think. But it's just not needed. Um, Let me do this so I can see your... All right, I wonder if the name thing is raised because our names are kept the same generally. Maybe pronunciation will be different. Like my name, Benjamin, will sound very different in Spanish, but the same spelling. Not to say this is the reasoning for everyone, but maybe for some, it is why it comes up. I can understand wanting to be sure we are calling Jesus and God accurately, but raising it as being better and then someone else for using the alternative name. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, but if you look, Yahashua in English is Joshua. Zeus translated to Jesus in English. It's complicated. It is complicated, but I mean, it's, it's no more complicated than anything else. Uh, check this out. Now, this is my beloved King James, and y'all know how much I love my King James, but here we got an issue. Let's go to Hebrews chapter four. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us entering into rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. 
But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we uh, which have believed do enter into the rest, and as he said, I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from, from the foundation of the world. For he spake at a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest in the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief, again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today after so long a time as it is said, Today if you will enter into my rest, uh, you will today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Verse 8, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. This this word Jesus in Hebrews chapter 8, it should be Joshua. It is not Jesus the Christ that is under consideration. It is Joshua the son of Nun. Um, now, let me see if other translations pick this up and get it right. Like I said, my beloved, my beloved King James says Jesus here, but what does the English Standard Version say? For if Joshua had given them rest, all right, Young's literal translation, for if Joshua had given them rest, uh, the revised version, for if Joshua had given them rest, um, American Standard Version, Joshua, Apostolic Bible Polyglot, Joshua. So yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we just, you just got to pay attention is the idea. All right. So, uh, before we get off, we've been going an hour and 14 minutes. Um, I would love for every one of you to uh, go on Twitter. Let me put the captions back up. Uh, I want you to go on Twitter and follow Christianity Now at First Chronicles 1232. Um, I don't know what we're going to be doing on Twitter. Uh, depends on what's available. Um, but I've heard there's people doing pretty good on Twitter. Um Let's see. Okay, Tony, before you go, I wasn't able to find. Well, let me. Uh, you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad. You have no excuse. Yeah, that's Romans 2. Uh, Bible monk, what you getting at there, man? Uh, help me out. Uh, let me see if I can do this in the comment section. Actually, let me, ah, Tony. All right, hold on. Let me go to Twitter. I'm going to try to find this. All right. Oh, I don't want to create an account. I want to sign in. Oh, I can sign in. All right. No, I want to. Okay. Nope. I want to copy. Oh, the notion of judging. Oh, no, well, so that's a good question. Um, actually, we are commanded to judge. 
but we are commanded to judge with a righteous judgment, not according to appearance, which a fat hillbilly with no teeth. Don't judge me according to my appearance. Judge me according to my merits. So if, if I say, hey, I'm a Christian, but I go out on Saturday night to the houses of ill repute and have a good time with the ladies and then try to preach a gospel on Sunday morning, I think that you would say, hey, you're a fornicator, an adulterer, a hypocrite, and you don't need to be preaching the gospel. You need to repent and change. Well, could I say that, well, you're without excuse because you're just as bad as me because you sin? Or would you be judging me with a righteous judgment, not according to appearance, but according to my actions? Yeah, exactly. So the Romans 2 there, you're taking that a little bit out of context. Well, you're taking a lot out of context. Um, Paul is speaking specifically about the Jews. says, but thou, O man, are without excuse. Whenever, whenever the scriptures, whenever the Holy Spirit inspires a writer to use that, O man, he's, he's speaking to the Jews, the children of Israel. All right, Scott Beck, I have put on my on the comment section my Twitter link. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to find it that way. Um, numbers fifteen twenty eight through thirty one. I'm not familiar with. I, I think I know what numbers fifteen is, but. Specifically, twenty eight through thirty one. I'm not sure, but there's sins unto death and sins not unto death. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big topic as well. Um, listen, I've I've really enjoyed this. I would love for every one of you to subscribe to Christianity Now streams. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us of everywhere. Um, ben Grady, let me get this comment. Sorry, I want to put you up. Uh, this is so it don't jump and I don't miss it. Tony, I want to send you something to look into. It would be ideal to get to get the book. I'll send a video. Maybe you've already looked into it some. I don't know. But looking at the details in the text, it really sparked my attention. The first, com- oops, the first comment raised in the end of the video is what raised it in my mind. I looked to see some. I looked to see more and ran across this. The guy... Ah, hold on. Um, the guy really makes sense. He has a PowerPoint. If it's something you find interesting or think might be the case, maybe it would be a good podcast. Yeah, send it to me. Let me see. Um, thank you very much, the Bible monk. Okay, good question. When do I do live streams? And the Bible monk, you had a personal question to ask me about my beliefs, and I may have missed it. Put it up. I'll answer it before we leave. Um, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 Eastern. Um, we try our best to go live every day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 Eastern. Um, next week at on Tuesday, uh, Tuesdays is whenever me, Aaron Dotson, go live with the Christianity Now podcast. This is the cogita- this is the Cogitations podcast. I'm thinking about letting Cogitations go the way of the dinosaur and just having everything be under the Christianity Now brand. I've got to figure out how to do that. 
but um, there are ways to follow what I do. The Bible Monk, if you enjoy reading, uh, free subscription on Substack. I write an article per day, um, and I narrate every one of my articles. Um, also, oh, yes, do you believe in the Trinity? And if you do, can you help me solve it as current? I'm a Unitarian and like your doctrine. Oh, the Bible monk, I can't do that in the time we have remaining. I do believe in the Trinity. If, if, if by Trinity you mean that the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is the current iteration of deity, and you have God the Father is not God the Son, God the Son is not the Father, and God the Son is not the Holy Spirit. And and God the Father is not God the Son, nor is God the Father God the Holy Spirit, and God the Holy Spirit is not God the Father nor God the Son. That's what I believe, and I believe the scriptures bear that out. If 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 nothing else, they if I can find one Bible verse where all three are extant and described separately, individually in their person of deity, then I have to believe that it's God in three persons. Whenever Jesus was baptized, God spake from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Then God the Son was in the water being baptized, and the Holy Spirit was descending in bodily form like a dove. All three were present. I don't I do not see how someone could be a Unitarian. I, I really don't. So but that's not going to convince you if you're an if you're a Unitarian, okay? But I don't mind talking about that more. Because I mean that's a that's a that's a that's a deep subject. Um, let's see. Why doesn't Jesus call the Father Yahweh? Because he's addressing him by his most. Um, he's addressing him by his predominant characteristic, by his most identifying mark. The word God in English translates the Greek word theo, which would be better translated deity. So Jesus refers to God the Father. He refers to him as God. He's just saying deity. Like he'll say, I'm I'm going to pray to my father. And if he if he uses the word in English God, then that that would be translated as deity. It would be the same thing. It, it's it's a metonym. It's a figure of speech called a metonym. Uh, for instance, if if you're working on a factory and the people from corporate office who dress in suits and ties, if they're walking through the factory and you see them and you see a big group of people wearing suits and ties, what do we typically call that group of people? We'll say, hey, those are the suits. Well, that's a metonym. Well, deity, God, is a metonym for Jehovah or the Holy Spirit or Jesus. Um, it was forbidden to worship deities. Jesus would be known 
but I'm only assuming. Well, no, you can worship Jesus. Uh, Jesus, in fact, there were there's places where the second member of the Godhead was worshipped. Um, but anyway, amazing. I like you already. Well, be careful because I, I rub people the wrong way a lot. It don't usually last. So remember, two or three episodes down the road, if I make you real, real mad, remember you liked me in the beginning and kind of give me some grace. I'll do the same thing for you. Uh, I'll never block somebody. I'll never put somebody on timeout, and I'll never silence somebody who's disagreeing with me as long as they're respectful and as long as they're willing to let it go and save it for another day if it gets too far. Um, yeah, that's it. We've got to be slow to anger. Let's see. All right. That's it. Without water, there is no life. That's it. Without blood, there's no life. I, I wasn't saying you're wrong. That sounded like that sounded like I was well actualing you. Like, well, actually, but no. Without water, there is no life is 100% true. And also, without blood, there is no life. And I think that's a good day to end on. Listen, thank you all very much. Uh, I feel like we've gotten a couple of subscribers from the episode. Thank you. And... Um, let me put, whoops, let me put this up here. Uh, so remember, follow us on, oh, there it goes. Come on, Tony. Follow us on Twitter, Christianity Now, First Chronicles 1232. I put a link in the comment section. Hopefully it sticks. And then don't forget, there are ways to support us monetarily. You do not have to support us monetarily. Uh, we still put out a live stream, Lord willing, every day. Come on, where is it at? Right there. All right. Because some of the listeners have asked, down here is a link to the PayPal, nearchurches at gmail.com. You can send a little bit of donation there, or you can subscribe on Substack for $5 a month. That's the best way to help us out. But you don't have to subscribe for $5 a month. Subscribing to Substack is free. But you have Understanding the Time on Instagram, Christianity Now streams, Facebook, Christianity Now, Rumble. Uh, I do have a Patreon. And remember, Lord willing, I try every week to put out one piece of member-exclusive content. And I do that on Patreon and Substack and Buy Me a Coffee. Yeah, those three. Uh, oh, Substack. Where is that? I don't mind. So if if you'll go to um, go to my Facebook page, go to Christianity Now Facebook or Tony Brewer on Facebook or Cogitations on Facebook. And uh, well, if, unless you're not on Facebook, hold on a second. Um, let me do Substack. I'll, I'll put it in the. I'll put a link in. Yeah, there we go. In fact. Um, I want to share the post. Oh, that's a, okay. Well, this will work. Um, why can't I share it right there? Sorry. This looks different. I've got a windows computer and I've got an Apple computer and it's weird going back and forth between the two of them. All right. That should be 
a link to the Substack. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yes, well, like I said, what, uh, let me tell you then what we're going to be doing, Bible Monk. Uh, Christianity Now is a brand that's owned by me and Aaron Dotson. And we've just been growing very, very slowly. But in 2024, we want to sink some money into advertisement. And we want to see how big we can get. Um, I've got a, I've, I've, we, we've got a little bit of money stashed back. Uh, that's going to be uh, getting Aaron a piece of equipment for his studio in Arkansas. I'm in New Brunswick, Canada. But I was in Arkansas. But anyway. Um, we're going to, we need to get, uh, Aaron Dotson, a piece of studio equipment. We need to get him a couple of, uh, sound dampening blankets for his studio. And then we don't have to spend any more money on hardware. We're going to start, we're going to start advertising. And, um, the Christianity now Facebook group is probably what I'm going to advertise because I want to get as many people into the group as possible. And then I want to use that group and maybe what we look at on Twitter and use that as a funnel to get people, uh, interacting on the live streams, because I love the interaction on the live stream. I think it builds rapport. I think it's, I think it's where it's at as far as, um, uh, uh, uh building relationships and building a following. And that's, that's where you're really going to build your brand. Uh, do you have an email where we can do some sort of sponsorship contract made up? I have a solicitor who will send you details. Uh, yes, Christianity is now, uh, I don't know why I'm saying it. Um, C H R I S T I A N I T Y I S N O W at Gmail dot com. So if you want to send me an email, Christianity is now at gmail.com. Um, then, um, yeah, let us know, huh? Uh, I don't know if we need a company car or not, but, um, yeah, it, we, we, if they, if, if, if you want to work out some kind of sponsorship, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. That would be amazing. All right, folks, listen, we're an hour and a half in, uh, I really thank everybody. Remember the crux of the podcast for today is speak the truth. And I think we had a really good podcast to illustrate that because, you know, I never, I, I, we, we've got two or three, uh, we've got two or three different folks listening today from all different backgrounds that I'm about 95% sure don't agree with me in everything that I've said. And that's absolutely fine. But notice you, you stay, you stay true to the truth, you stay true to your convictions, and you're going to be able to surround yourself with an eclectic group of people, and everybody will be better off. Just speak the truth, be in love with the truth, and don't go out of your way to be offensive. And things are gonna things are gonna do well for you. Uh, you'll get a little persecution from the world. You'll have some folks come in trolling you, talking about your appearance and such like. But that's okay. Because you just, you stay true to who you are, you stay true to God's word, stay true to your convictions, and live out those convictions in real life. Folks, God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bible Monk and Michael, the new folks, uh, Connie and, and Sheila and uh, Scott, and I wish I hadn't have started naming names because I want to forget folks, but thank you very much. 
This has been all I've got. Remember, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and Podbean. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.